Hey everybody, uh, got Eric and Donnie here. This is a Own Gold podcast. Today's date is Tuesday, June second. We normally tape on Sundays, as the ten of you who listen to us know. Uh, but Donnie and I were were texting on uh, just yesterday, like, "Fuck, we completely forgot to even record an episode on Sunday," and think. You know, even the the few listeners who check in from across the pond and, and overseas really appreciate you guys. Even you all are, are aware of what's going on in the states right now. You know, we just we were focusing on other things and then didn't even think about the thing we look forward to catching up talking about soccer. So disclaimer: going to hear a lot of conversation about about what's going on, especially the how it intersects in the the soccer world. Uh, also, know like we I think you know, average 50 listeners. We know this isn't a platform that's going to reach a lot of people, but, you know, in, in the face of injustice, silence is almost or just as wrong. So we're going to talk about how we feel and, and what we think. But first... To the byline. It's in, it's in our goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, it almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car. I've never felt more uncomfortable or out of place saying the butt first than when after Eric kind of sets this up for a very serious talk and I didn't know what to do. And I just went with just... A little bit of the usual, but, you know, I don't personally, um, if you know me decently well, you've probably never had a political conversation with me. That's by intent on my part. If you know me really, really well, you may have had a couple of political conversations with me. And if you're like maybe one of the five people who I'm closest to in this world, then you've had political conversations with me. I don't like talking about political issues, really. I don't like to be bothered by other people. I just, you know, I believe what I believe. But racism is not a political issue. Racism is a disease. And if, as an if America as a whole, not just some people, if we can't all recognize that this disease is festering and creating widespread problems, we can never cure it. And that's why I think a lot of people, it's hard for a lot of people to understand because you may not be a minority or you may not be African-American, but I mean, it's it's a viewpoint that you you really can't understand and that's why, you know, things are reaching kind of a boiling point and it will continue to, we'll keep going through cycles of this all the time unless something changes because nothing is changing. I mean, it, you, I think you said a couple of things that were right on the nose, right? Uh, it, it's a disease. It's a virus. And if you don't react to a virus, it will spread and it will take over. Um, we as a community, we as a country have not done anything you know thoughts and prayers are just thoughts and prayers they don't they don't do shit 
and we saw back in 2014, you know, police brutality led to the death of an African-American man. And uh, Ferguson, Missouri, there were, you know, protests, there were, there were movements, and here we are five years, fuck, six years later, and we've had, I mean, so many people of color murdered by the police, not not accidentally killed, murdered. Uh, in just, you know, in, in Georgia, a man jogging on his normal jogging route. Uh, and then obviously the most recent one was uh, George Floyd in Minnesota uh, with a cop on his neck. So I, I just, I, I, I am a, a white man in America. I have never experienced, you know, discrimination based off of my, you know, my skin color. So I don't know what it's like, but I do know that we, as you know, all of us need to stop, listen and, and act in, in the best way that we can. Um, and I, I really like you pointed out and, and figure we should jump into it. Um, this is not a political issue. Uh, you know, we're, we're watching Bundesliga soccer right now, right? If, if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're a fan of soccer, or you just love tormenting your your ears. <laughs> Either way, you're aware that Bundesliga has been the only major sporting event really bad. Or you might be dead. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and you know, if if you've been listening to us, you know that my my favorite American player right now, you know, active with the men's national team is Weston McKinney. Uh, midfielder for Schalke, he he can do it all. He can he can push the tempo when needed, but he's first and foremost uh, a midfield enforcer, and I just love that shit. Uh, he played on uh, Saturday morning with a uh, Justice for George armband, and he um, got some. Not, I don't know about some flack, but the ref, the referee, asked him in the game to take off the armband, and Weston said no. And, uh, you know, the Bundesliga and FIFA and UEFA all have agreements that teams and players will not make political, um, you know, political protests or will, they're not going to kind of make those kind of statements uh, with their platform. And Weston was asked about, I think it was an interview for, with Forbes. If you can find it, I'd really check it out because it just makes you fall in love with the kid even more. Um, he, he just said, I should have cleared the shock beforehand, but I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I mean, if, if you think this is a, a political issue, then I don't really know what else to say to you, uh, because it's not. It's 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 life. It's human rights, not fucking politics. Yeah, um, you know, I've always, I guess it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but I mean, I think you have to have these uncomfortable conversations. I'm not exactly white, but I'm not exactly not white, and what I mean by that is that. For most of my life, I've been able to live life basically as a, the same way as a white, any white person is. Most people who don't know me very well just assume that I am white. And then the times when it's been to my advantage to not be white, I've also been able to take advantage of that. So I'm kind of – I may be the worst type of person. Well, no, racists are the worst type of people. <laughs> okay, I might be the second worst type of person. But that being said, you know – my parents did have a conversation with me about respecting police officers and, you know, treat them like you would, you know, treat your grandmother and yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, hands on the steering wheel, 
announce what you're going to do, ask for permission, just be very, be very deferent towards them. And the only time I have personally ever felt like I was someone, um, let me start, okay. The only time I've ever had, I guess, my race really used against me was, I think it was my freshman year, maybe sophomore year, a guy in our fraternity called me a racial slur. But looking at it now, the most fucked up part of it is that the racial slur he called me was sand N-word. And even in his racial slur for me, a non-African American, the racial, a racial slur for an African American was incorporated into it. And that kind of shows you the problem. Like, to it, some people view being black as such a negative that they use it to bring down other people. And that just kind of shows you how, like, if you think about that psychologically, how deep-seated that prejudice is. Like, think about that for how, a second. How it's, it's been uh, a wound in the country for over 400 years, and it has never been corrected. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, and that, that's that's all I got. I, yeah. I, every single black person has had it worse than me. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But I just, that's the, those are the things that I can kind of, you know, I can share. But like you, Eric, for the most part, I have had positive, um, except for that time for induction and only. But that wasn't bad. That was kind of maybe my, there was a lot of factors there. But I have had more or less positive interactions with police officers, and they never give me anxiety or fear but you, but even you, at some point, you had a conversation with your parents about yeah. how to. And I'll be honest, I, that was that was a conversation that my parents never had to have with me. Yeah, and it's not because they assumed I would handle myself appropriately. It's because there was not a fear of what would somebody else perceive of me, without me having to cons- consciously think about the proper way to act. And that, I mean, you know, that that's privilege that that. I have had, and I, I'm, you know, checking that, and and that's why I'm I'm trying to listen as much as I am act right now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I was, uh, yeah. Obviously, we we do want to talk about about soccer. That is what we're here to kind of communicate about, and that, that's why I wanted to jump in with the West Nick McKinney uh, kind of actions and, and comments because I feel like that's the perfect intersection right now out of what this podcast is meant to do and and what's going on right now because not just United States men's national players like Weston McKinney with the armband uh, Tyler Adams who got substitute minutes uh, yesterday for RB Leipzig with a message on his cleats I think one was justice for George Floyd and then the other one was Black Lives Matter um, and obviously we support you know we support those causes we couldn't couldn't agree more um, but then you also saw you saw Jordan Sancho with the message of support, who's uh, obviously English. He had a hat trick, saw, by the way. How are you? We saw we saw non-Americans in the Bundesliga also, you know, with those messages. Uh, two players on on Dortmund, Ken uh, Sancho, as Donnie mentioned, with a hat trick, and then uh, just proof that Bundesliga is a fullback friendly league. Uh, Ashraf Hakimi, uh, the right back for I, I'm sorry, I, I probably butchered his name. 
Uh, but the you know, Hakimi, the right back for Dortmund, got a goal, and he as well had a Justice for George Floyd shirt undershirt under his jersey. Uh, and then um, I believe uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach had a player score, and he took a knee, uh, like a, I think it was a, just a solidarity moment for the movement as well. And you saw Liverpool and Chelsea both came out with pictures of them all kneeling. Paul Pogba spoke about the issue. Marcus Rashford spoke Marcus about the Rashford, issue. Rashford, yeah. Um, and obviously, it's a global it's, it's it's a it's a it's a global moment right now. And I think hopefully, what's what's reaching people, um, you know, growing up, we, we kind of hit, hit hit a point where we, you know, men in our late twenties weren't really paying attention to the outside world until a point where it was human rights issues and violations away from us that we were being told about that was that were causing outrage you know in, in the states about how things need need you know, need to improve in other places and how can we help and now we're seeing you know it's it's the shit going on back home in the US that's outraging rightfully not just people here but people all over the world and they feel the need to to make a statement and take action uh, and and that if that's not not also a wake up call. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, and maybe I'm pessimistic by nature. I probably am. I definitely am. I think in a month the conversation is going to move on and then in a year and a half, 2 years from now we're going to go through this again. I have I don't know why this is going to be different than all the other times people have tried to make a change. And I think the problem is uh, Arian Foster actually had some – I listened to an interview with him, and he made this really good point to me. Or not to me, to, to the people he was talking to. I, Arian Foster is not, it's not a direct line of communication with Donald or the Own Goal podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> um, but one of the points he made is that Racism has what it, one thing that's definitely changed is racism, and here's how it's changed. I think we could all agree that the number of people who are in the Ku Klux Klan and going to Klan rallies that number has declined significantly over the last two hundred years. I, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. The problem is the racism that exists now. So many people don't realize that they're racist, because, and that's almost more dangerous is someone who doesn't realize what they're doing. And a great example of that is that um, her name was Amy Cooper in the, in the, in um, the park in uh, New York. Um, what's the, what's, mm-hmm. what's the park in New York? What's the hell's the name of it? Central park. Central park. Thank you. Um, with, with the bird watcher, the bird watcher, how she, you know, she, the guy's like watching birds, like asking her to leash her dog. She calls the police and says, this African American is threatening to, is threatening me. And then she releases apology, but in her apology, she says, I'm not, you know, I'm not racist and all that stuff, but it's because she really doesn't realize, she doesn't, she is, she doesn't realize what she did. And and so maybe here's me being the cynic uh, on this take. I, 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 I watched the video. I, I, you know, she, she told, she told him first, I'm going to call the cops and say there is an African-American man threatening me. I think she knows she's a racist. I think her apology is bullshit. I think she knows she's a racist. I think she's evil. I think she's manipulative. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not defending her as a person. Don't, don't confuse I, what I'm saying. 
I this, do think though this is that not there's a pro Amy podcast. A lot of people who don't realize that they're yes. racist. And but there's also like good. We we we've seen you know even in Austin, which is a very liberal city, uh, we 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 saw a car drive by with a Proud Boy sticker on it, and like when when did it become socially acceptable to and it's not and like it, it isn't but it's more socially acceptable now to to be like a stated member of a neo nazi group than it was 10 years ago jesus uh, i just yeah so it's it's just so much it's so it it's a complicated issue. I mean, there's no. Other it way. is. It shouldn't be. And it should be pretty simple. Like just treat everyone the same, regardless of their skin color, and move on. But it's 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 both that simple and yet not that simple at the same time. Yeah. Um, one thing that is and, simple though, and to shift gears, bring it back to soccer. I'm sure we're kind of weaving in and out. Is that. Bayern Munich are going to win the Bundesliga again. And the last yes. couple of weeks could not have gone more perfectly for them. In one weekend, they won. And all of the, the teams that could have potentially challenged below them dropped points. Dropped points, yeah. It could not have been more I think they're design. I think they're 9 or 10 points clear. And there's like 6 games left. So it's not mathematically insurmountable. But Bayern won't choke this. I think it's 7 points. But, seven. but okay. I, okay. your point still stands. Um, yeah. And Dortmund had their chance in that game, man. They had their chances, and, you know, it was just a, a fullback goal. Made the difference at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, it was uh, – it's hard. It, 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 you know, for us, always pulling for not Bayern. It, it, it's a bummer to see. But what's, inter- what's exciting, though, is there's still a lot to look for and watch. In oh, the yeah. Season. Uh, you've got a really interesting – relegation fight heating up uh Werder Bremen you know when we uh interviewed and, and talked with uh Roger they were in a tailspin and he he mentioned they're one of the their second to last on I think defense last on offense that usually spells relegation yeah uh they've gone on a tear of, of picking up points in what three straight matches or something and yep. two of those have been winning uh, they're 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 still I'm still in second to last, but they have a game in hand and they have a line of sight to that 17th place where you get the the playoff, and then they could even make a push for 16th to be safe. Uh, so that's something to watch for. You've got Verder, um, Dusseldorf, and then I think it's Mainz, all really close to each other uh, for that 16th, 17th, and 18th spot or. 15th, 16th, 17th spot, and then Paderborn in last place in 18th. They're 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 down. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. They're, they're bad. They're, they're they're not a good soccer team. And then you know, on the other hand, you have Schalke who have just been awful. That's I'm worried. Cool. I mean, although that goal, that Weston McKinney goal, not not over the weekend, but during the midweek games, was that was a great header from a set piece. Yeah, he has scored their last goal before. The um, season got suspended, and their first goal since the season got suspended, and maybe their yeah. only goal since the season got suspended. Yeah, they lost to Werder Bremen one nothing um, over the weekend. So their last two goals have been by Weston McKinney, and they're like separated by. If they get relegated, he's gone. 
He's 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 way I'm, too good to stay to play in a second team. They league. they realistically should not be relegated. You know, I, I don't think they'll get relegated, but they have not picked up a single point since the restart, and they are now closer to relegation than they are to, I believe, Europa League spots. And it's ten points, I think, that they're clear of the playoff. So it's it's they're not out of the woods. They realistically they'll nab a point here though they have to uh but they've also played i think the last two matches have been against two of the weaker sides and they they've blown it so i'm, I'm a little worried um shifting gears once again donnie we haven't talked about the other leagues yet we haven't but in the next couple of weeks they will all be coming back one by one uh premier league is going to be back june 17 syria june 21 june 20th Or 20th, excuse me, and La Liga June 13th? Who cares? Yeah. I think it is June 13th. I think I saw something on Twitter today that said 11 days until we get to watch Messi again. Uh, So, yeah, La Liga will be returning. I'm I'm least excited about that one. Big surprise. But uh, it'll be be really interesting (laughs) to see how the – the Premier League kind of comes back, and I'm just dreading the return of Syria um, on two fronts now. I don't want to watch Milan just shit the bed and end up relegated somehow. And I'm also really, really anxious. Um, before the COVID stuff hit, it always seemed like you know Syria of the last year or two have been the highest instance of like fan to player racism. And I just, I, I think I even talked about this before the restart or maybe around the restart. I'm, I'm always going to be a, a Milan fan. I'm always going to watch Milan, but this is the least Syria I've watched in a while, just because like I. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get into it with the uh, massive racist abuse that's hurled. Sometimes fans hurling it at their own players, by the way. Yeah. So. Not, not and I'm not, not to say that it's okay to racially abuse the other team's players. By any means. Yeah. Regardless of who it's directed at, it, it, it makes it hard to watch. And so it takes someone who's been a lifelong Italian soccer fan, like, out out of the game. Uh, um, but just to show how, obs- you know, hate, hate, hate knows no bounds and, and people will target their own players who they pretend, you know, you're, if, I don't know. Fuck it. We'll we'll see how it goes, but I'm I'm hoping. And one of the things that's been really disheartening is how Syria in the past has handled a lot of these instances. Oh, yeah. So, so maybe maybe though they're they'll be primed to handle it better. Uh, one of the things that's been great to see is is how the players have oftentimes kind of responded. Uh, not not just the ones who are or have been teammates of targeted, but the way players of other teams kind of have rallied around sometimes so you know there's there's always a light to look at and it's it's the people who show great strength sometimes yeah and yeah you said it well i don't have anything to add to that um this is i guess this is just interesting um not really related to syria not really related to racism related to messi though who you just mentioned Leo Messi had a clause in his contract that would have allowed him to leave Barcelona for any club on a free transfer if he had executed it prior to May 30th. 
he didn't execute it prior to May 30th, so that clause is no longer, um, that option is no longer available. But I just found that so fascinating. Like, he had to give up something to get that. And I just wonder if at any point, I just want to know, like, did he even have a conversation? I, I just feel like if he was going to leave Barcelona, it was going to be to go to Pep at City. I just, well, I could see him well, like leaving. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, you know how, like, um, teams in, in Spain have to have a release clause for players? Mm. Maybe this was their way of, I, I don't know what his release clause is, if it exists. Maybe this timing release was their way of working around some sort of monetary fee structured release clause. Were they worried that if they made it like half a billion dollars, like some like billion, some someone yeah. would just say "fuck it, let's do but it." Like, well, also like like I mean, even if they do that, the player, the, it, it's the the player is the one that submits the like the payment. So the club's funding the money money to the player. That's what happened with Neymar. So like it, it would still have to be Messi's choice to leave. It's not like some super some rich team could just just do it. Uh, but maybe it's more yeah. of a negotiation tactic of you know what. Where do we come in and, and, and state his his value unequivocally is, and is that going to piss him off, or is that going to upset somebody else on the team? So maybe you know it could also have been like a social politicking thing. I, um, I, I have this is all conjecture. I have no clue. But when I read that, I felt like it was you know maybe it was less of messy work to put that in there, and instead something that they agreed on to help them skirt or or, or stay in in line with what's required of player contracts in the league. Yeah. I just want to know if there was a, even if him and Pep even had a phone call about it. I'm just curious. I I, I I don't see him leaving Barcelona for anyone else, but not even another team, but only one other person, Pep. Yeah. So, okay. So I have a little bit of trivia for you. I'm so bad at trivia. Yeah. Because these are all stupid things that like only I think about. (laughs) All right, I'm going to list you 11 players, and they all have one teammate in common. Oh, God. Can you guess the one teammate? Okay. I don't think I would be able to do this if you gave this to me and I didn't come up with it. <laughs> so I just wanted to, I think it's incredibly hard. So fuck me, right? <laughs> fuck you, exactly. Okay, Beckham, Pirlo, Wesley Schneider, who was robbed both of a Ballon d'Or and a Golden Ball at a World Cup. <laughs> Get it. Messi, Rooney, Louis Figo, Buffon, Patrick Vieira. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yep. Hell yeah. 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 When you said – when you started with uh, – when you mentioned some Milan players and some Barcelona players, my initial thought was Ronaldinho, but then when you went United – I know. Ronaldinho was on the list, too. I would, he would have been already ah. and then Ronaldinho was the last guy. Good job, buddy. Thanks. I, think I I'm mean, gonna, it helps. I think I'm going to write a book about Wesley Schneider and how he was robbed. <laughs> he was robbed of the Blondor. And of a Golden Cup at a World Cup. And how, and how uh, Robin... Just fucked him. Robin, Robin fucked up. Fucked, that that would have gone down as one of the greatest assists. The, no, that would have gone down as the greatest assist in soccer history, and Robin just because he fucking he, he just choked it away. No, but when I mean one of the greatest assists, I mean you've got the Duke Kentucky uh, Grant Hill to Christian Leitner ah. pass. That's that's and, and you've got Schneider, uh, <laughs> Robin. Like like we're we're transcending sport uh, individual sport. Oh, we're crossing we're, going, we're crossing borders now. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I thought, honestly, I um, that would be a great use of my time is basically just, like, writing books about how, like, I would start with Wesley Snyder. He'd be, it'd be an anthology series about how, like, why this player just got fucked unfairly and then, like, just do it for other players and I don't know. Although the one thing – and maybe more people think of it this way, but I talk to you all the time, so I just get your point of view. That Eker kick save. Oh, yeah, it was a great – no. It w- I will take nothing <laughs> away from Eker. It was a he, – he, it was a it was a World he Cup. Not admit, it was a World Cup can, winning save. Yes, but it was also like he had a ten percent chance to make the save, and Robin had a ninety percent chance to make the goal. And that's Robin scenario. had a ninety percent chance to make the shot unsavable. Yeah, and it's like if I'm Wesley Schneider, I think I quit right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it, it, and you know, I've had that happen before. I maybe that's why because I have. Blade out just beautiful passes, and then the striker just fucks it up, and I just like, why? Why do I even want to do this? You know what's going to happen? In like 50 years, the Dutch will finally win a World Cup, and they'll have no play nearly as great as the play that they had at that point, even without it scoring, and that's going to be what everybody then remembers for the next 200 years until this earth explodes. Honestly... The only way I'm okay with the Netherlands winning a World Cup is if Wesley Schneider's the coach. <laughs> I, otherwise, I'm not going to recognize it. I have learned that you can just not recognize things. <laughs> you can just deny facts, so it'll just be a fact that I choose to deny. Oh, man. I mean, now that we're going down to some random tangents, I know I was just mentioning this to you before we hit, hit record, but I just thought about for the first time today that this is the month we're supposed to get the euros and i've been i've been i didn't realize how much i've been missing international high level international competition i love the euros the euros are so much fun they're so much fun i mean there's there's they will not reach the the whole experience the spectacle of the world cup no but if if you if you had to tell me eric Pick a random, absolutely like I had to pick out of the hat a random World Cup game to watch, or a, like group group stage World Cup game I have to watch, or a random group stage Euro game I have to watch. I'm picking the Euro. Absolutely. The absolutely. level of soccer is better. It, um, the level these, is, these it, players, these players, not not because of race, but because they play against each other in all the leagues and in all the international European competitions. They hate each other. Like, they hate each other from a competitive standpoint, which is the acceptable level. Sometimes they hate their own teammates. (laughs) Sometimes they hate their own teammates. Sometimes they blackmail their own teammates. Allegedly. (laughs) Okay, see, that's the second book in the anthology. In defense of Kareem Benzema. I think the biggest upset is that he's not your first. Like, you're not starting with him. No, I... I might end. It's gonna be. It's, it's literally. It's, it happens to do with bald soccer players. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Gareth Bell would be. The, he's not bald. He would be the third book. He gets unfairly hated for his goal, but he made a great point the other day. It was probably by the other day. It was probably like two years ago, and I just like did a deep dive into Gareth Bell the other day, <laughs> um, where he was like. Steph Curry plays a round like eighteen holes the same day as a basketball game, and nobody cares. Yeah. 
I play yeah. 18 holes two days before a game <laughs> and act like I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> that poor guy. I think what the match was going on, I guess the match happened in between last episode and this episode. Mm-hmm. We Eric and I talked about how we the possibility of a like a European style match with like I don't know Rory McIlroy who's another good who's another popular European golfer people like. Um, what about know. John Rom? You like that guy? I don't like Rom, but oh, people he, like Rom. I don't know Rory, another European golfer, and get Gary Bale and John Terry. John Terry. <laughs> That'd be the, that would be the fourth book. In defense of John Terry sleeping with teammates' wives. Um, Sergio Garcia. Rory and Sergio. That's Those are the two. There we go. Rory and Sergio and Gareth That's Bale and John Terry. Oh, my God. I feel bad for whoever is partnered with John Terry. There's <laughs> nobody he plays as much as Gareth Bale. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for Rory when Gareth Bale better at golf. I really liked the match, though. I was, I was, I thought it was a lot of. Fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was fun listening to them kind of shit talk uh, each other, and and you know, Brady took a lot of shit for the for the front nine, but he turned it up on the back nine. I mean, Peyton was, I feel like, what everybody was expecting and hoping to get out of Peyton, and then it was it was fun to watch Phil and Tiger rip shots. No, I know, and you know, credit to Peyton. You know, being retired for the last five years, getting to have more golfing, clearly helps. He, he looked solid. He looked really good. Yeah, yeah. He looked good. Um, it, it, it was fun. It was fun. There was a bet about whether, like, Gronk would be mentioned, and Gronk was, like, mentioned well, in the first second. One of my favorite uh, little jabs was, was, I don't know how they were talking about it, but uh, Peyton, out of the blue, calls it to Tom, like, yo, I'm shocked you didn't give Gronk a call and, and have him drop everything he's doing to move out here and caddy for you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a, they had good fun. Um, I also liked when, also Justin Thomas was electric, especially really when he was like, I, I can't, I could not believe that he said it when he was like, Chuck, I'd love to see your fat ass try to duck. And I was, <laughs> I was like, did he just say Somebody at some point, like, during commercial, be like, JT, like, you can't say that. <laughs> I thought but also, was... That was the perfect time to say it, because, like, he's not going to get hurt. He's not going to get, you know, he's still going to have a spot on the tour. Yeah. And when his golfing days are over, let's let's give this guy a mic. No, I thought he was wrong. And honestly, I thought, I thought, uh... Charles Barkley was funny too, and like the humor he created, and other people ripping on him, and like Charles Barkley, he takes it, he takes it. That's he's, a lightning, he's, he's a lightning rod for content. He dishes it, he takes it. Yeah, I thought that was um, really <laughs> Barkley at times when he was asking questions to that other commentator. <laughs> it was almost like he was trying to get like a golf lesson. <laughs> he's like, "Oh wait, really? You should hit it that way." <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, Charles took. Uh, he, he got the whole thing recorded, and he's just listening back, taking notes. Yeah. So I'm, I, I thought it was, I was really happy they would do that, and they raised a lot of money. A lot of money to you know help with various aspects of um relief like COVID nineteen COVID nineteen relief, and I thought that was really really cool, and um would love to see if they could get maybe next year realistically people they could get, but MJ's a big golfer. 
Yeah. Would love to see if you get like MJ and Steph Curry or Tony Romo and Steph Curry or I don't know. I thought I'm happy they did it again. Adding, you know, adding the the new element. It was really, really well done. And it was it was fun too, like uh you know, I think what the fifth hole was a uh, one club challenge. Everybody picked one club and they played the whole like they, they did did stupid shit like that. That was just fun to see these guys, you know, dick around. And then I liked when like Brooks Kevin was like, if Tom if Brady when you know he was struggling to be in a par, I will donate a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, uh, we got some soccer coming up this weekend, uh, and then I know every, all eyes are on, uh, you know, in two weeks from now when we get Premier League back, and it'll be fun uh, to watch. I don't want to have to address it when it actually happens, so I'm going to say it now. Congratulations, Liverpool, on winning the Premier League. You guys have had a lot of hurt. You guys deserved it. I think your coach is really classy. I think you're scumbags. Your, your fans are scumbags and pieces of shit. But there's no doubt you guys are very deserving champions. It will not have an asterisk in my eyes. Oh my god, I'm going to kill myself. I'm really glad you mentioned the asterisk because I was going to ask you. So um, we got the done. I I I I don't have. I mean, I because of Champions League, I did have a very strong dislike for Liverpool. Uh, um, but nothing like your dislike of of them. Oh, it, like. It, yeah. I'm only going to verbally talk about it now because, like, I'll have some sort of, like, convulsion and breakdown in the future. Yeah. I, I don't ever – I'm not going to – when it actually – they actually do win it, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to address it in any capacity. I need to basically – you know how when children have a traumatic event happen to them, but they can yes. often block it out to protect Repression. themselves? Yes. yes. I'm going to try to, in a childlike manner, repress this <laughs> from happening. And it just shows you, you know – if 2020 couldn't get any fucking worse... It can. Liverpool is about to win the Premier League. But I, I do agree with what you said about Klopp. I think he's a great guy. Uh, fantastic manager. You know, really has a great... Not just mind for the game, but clearly understands his players. Understands how to motivate them. You know, did great things at Dortmund. Um, and he's still well-liked there. Anytime you can, you can build something, leave. And the fan base still has admiration for you. It just shows what kind of, you know, builder you are, what kind of person you are. So it's, you know, it sucks that he's going to be at Liverpool for a while. Um, but he's, he is Well, you hard never to find. know. You never know. You never know. Hard, hard to find a, a more deserving manager uh, to, to be able to bring home some hardware. Um, but hopefully he has more of a challenge next year. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with this Man City appeal, because I don't think Man U can get will finish in fourth place, but I do think we'll finish in fifth place. <laughs> and if if they get the one year ban, to me the logical thing would be okay. Their spot just goes to the, you know, you wouldn't even count their spot in the English standings and just goes yeah. to the next, you know, the yeah. fifth place team. It'd be it'd be interesting too though because I think De Bruyne has mentioned that like, at, you know, he's he's not he's not as young as he once was, and I know. He, He's got a contract coming up, and I think if, if a two years upheld, there's rumors that he may consider going somewhere where he'll be able to, to compete in the next two years. If it's a one year, then I, it sounds like he'll probably stay and wait it out. I feel like that'll be a case with a lot of the the players. If it's one year, wait Pep, it out. Pep, Pep, Pep's gone if they have two years oh, out. two years? Yeah, Pep. People, 
Pep's like biggest like nightmare is that everyone's like, well, he can't win a Champions League without Messi. Well, he can't win the Champions League without Messi. Oh yeah, it's a fact. I, I, as of now, it's a fact. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, kind of we kind of started with the heavier topic. Kind of go back to that a little bit. Don't stop caring. Prove me wrong. And in a month, I hope people still care. People who it doesn't affect is what I'm talking about. I think people yeah. who it affects care every the, day very the, deeply. They, and, they've, and, they've, and people who it affects have cared every day for the last de- you know, decades. Yes. yes. Right? It's people like you and me. The you and me of the world. Yeah. If you – you may think something may be small and not make a difference, but a, to me what makes the difference – is the aggregate of a bunch of small things. Like five yellow cards leading to a suspension. Yes, but that, that's that's not a good example of making a difference. That's I, bullshit. As yeah, I... That was my bad. <laughs> uh, it's uncomfortable stuff to talk about. It is. It makes me uncomfortable. But not talking about it is not going to make it more comfortable. And not talking about it is just going to prolong this and not get us closer to a solution. And, you know, you want to leave the world a better place for your kids than it was for you. And to do that, we have to we have to eradicate the issues that come from this systemic racism in our society. And, you know, it's some, for some people, they're going to look at the, have to do some self-reflection and maybe realize and, they did some shitty stuff and and for 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 others you know i think it's it's also looking about you know what what can you do how how can you help and i think one of the big things that, that i've been just kind of reading about is the the need for vocal push for, re- for reform uh you know all across our judicial system but really uh use of force reform in in our our the way we police um and so just – I'd really urge people to, to do some research, maybe find out some organizations that, that are, are, are pushing different causes. You know, there's so many different organizations with so many different uh, objectives. So oh, there's not just one right one, right? You know, there's different things you're going to speak to different people. But as long as the end goal is moving towards some sort of societal reform, then it's not uh, a wasted effort. So do, do take the time. You know, do a little research. And figure out. So, are there any movements that that really speak to you? Uh, I've I've found a few, and uh, just just by doing the old Google search. And vote, and especially in your a lot of this stuff, it's going to happen in your local elections. Please research. Don't just vote for the Democrat because you're a Democrat. Don't just vote for the Republican because you're a Republican. Don't just vote for whoever because they're independent and you're independent. Research their platform and. Who, who's incorporating these social, um, this kind of this police reform? Who wants to incorporate that as part of their platform? If you put those people in power, that's how things are going to change. Damn, Donnie. Almost sounds like you're the political science major of the two of us. That was good. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> that's why you're the gaffer. I'm not the gaffer. My, my computer literally says I'm FaceTiming with the gaffer. Uh... So, uh, I know this has been a bit of an unorthodox uh, episode, but honestly, 
of our last six episodes, which ones have been orthodox? Of all, of our, we don't have an orthodox episode. Yeah, uh, our, our, uh, our number one segment is talking about as two heterosexual men talking about how attractive another man is. Yeah. Multiple men. Uh, and well, you know, as 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 as, as we, we keep recording, you know, I, I hope and I'm sure we'll have more content to talk about that that still touches on on you know this movement and on what's going on but we'll also have some of the other stuff that we used to talk about as well uh so it it should our podcast should continue to evolve just like hopefully we all all will uh really appreciate you guys listening and um looking forward to to watching some soccer and, and having some of those uncomfortable conversations yeah, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at OwnGoalPod. Shoot us emails to OwnGoalPod at gmail.com. Uh, I haven't checked that in like a, a month, but if you do send <laughs> emails, eventually somebody will check it. Um, even if the question – you know, I really hope people ask this question, who do you think is going to win this game? <laughs> and then the game's already happened. Or what do you think is going to happen here? And it's happened. But, um, you know, we're um, – we like doing this. You know, if you have a friend who likes soccer, tell your friend about it. Or if you have a friend who's kind of weird and goofy, maybe he'll enjoy it too. Tell that friend about maybe. it. Or, or she. Or she, yeah. Um, so. And to our to our, our listeners that um, I see from the tracking data are checking us out from England, Ireland, Spain. Shoot us an email. I'd love love to hear your thoughts. Actually, no. Please, just you don't even ask us. You don't even have to say anything. Just prove to me that you're not some sort of bot. <laughs> Yeah, we, we did call out, uh, like, in our first episode two years ago, like, Russian hack bots. So I'm, I'm a little concerned that, like, Vlad's got his, his people on us. Oh, for sure. Listen, if, if Russia starts giving out political assassinations, you and I aren't number one and number two on the list. But I'm saying but we're, we're, in not the top, we're, we're in the top 150. We're not last. We're top one fifty. We're like, like the bottom of that top one fifty, but we're in there. We're somewhere on the list. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they're going for me first because you've uh, mentioned that you may be workable. Oh, yeah, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows I'm the biggest whore in the industry. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Uh, well, uh, we'll be back. You know, in a little less than two weeks, because hopefully we'll we'll have the the beer in the right mindset to actually record on Sunday. Bye. I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone, hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know. She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel. And I'll fight until the end, shall wounds always bend, oh no.
crush my spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone. Until the day I realize my courage is all I ever know. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, oh no. Surrender your core I'll give you bombs of mine